If you will, this morning, turn with me to the Gospel according to John, chapter 3. Our text will be found the very last verse of John 3. Well, no, it's not. It's not the last verse. Last thing Jesus said. John 3, 21. Our text this morning reads this way. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how we need thee every hour. Lord, I need thee now in this hour. I pray that you would come with power, that you would come with thy truth, that you would come with love, that you would come with faith. Lord, we live in a very troublesome times. We live in a world, Lord, that is dying. We ask, O oh Lord, that thou would make us alive this morning with thy precious gospel. O Lord, may you clear our minds and bring us to thy feet. And Lord, if it be thy will, we would hear thy voice this morning. And thy voice would speak to us the everlasting gospel. O Lord, may this hour be glorifying to thee. May you, Lord, be the voice and be the power in it. For Lord, all glory belongs unto thee. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Seems like very strange words to start in our text this morning. He that doeth truth. When we think of truth as being a noun, and the best definition that I could find, which is not a very good one, is that which is true according to reality. Um, I love those definitions that use the word in it to define the word, which doesn't really make it uh, that deep. But I did find something in that definition, the word reality. And as we come this morning, we're brought before the Lord's word. And as I said, these words are in red. So they're the words of Christ. They're not the words of John. They're the words that the Holy Spirit would take and show the child of God what the depth and meaning of them are. And so when we come to the very first phrase of this, he that doeth truth, we're, we're kind of uh, mesmerized and we're stopped in our tracks because it's hard to do a noun such as that or, or to find the reality in something. But we're not left without testimony. We're not left to sit there and say, what does doeth truth mean? Because Jesus later in this epistle would define what truth is. It is himself. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So Jesus defined himself as truth. He defined himself as the way. He defined himself as the life. And all three of them are synonymous and work together to describe to us what life in Christ is. And this morning, as we come to the first phrase in our text, he that doeth truth, we see that in Christ there is an active living life. But as I said, the words are kind of odd. He that doeth truth. We just define truth in the words of Christ to say that it is Christ. So what could this mean? Well, our answer is found in that text. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus to his people is the life. Jesus to his people is the way. And Jesus to his people is the truth. 
We live in a world today that can't define truth. It can't. Nobody that we listen to has a truth. When Pilate said those words, what is truth? Pilate was pulled in many different directions. He had the testimony of his wife. He had the testimony of the chief priest. He had the testimony of Jesus Christ. And he couldn't manufacture and he couldn't come to what truth was or could be. For you and I today, Christ settles us and answers that, que that question, what is truth? It is himself. It is his life. It is the way. It is the way of truth. That is what is this, that is defined as. So as we have this phrase, he that doeth truth, it is walking in the way of Christ. Walking in the truth of Christ. And we already have defined for us in our text by Christ how we walk in that way. That way is manifested that we come, we're brought to the light. And that light manifests to us that the deeds and the walking that we do are His. That's what our text says. That's what Jesus wanted Nicodemus to know. He had already told him in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Nicodemus came with his knowledge. He came with his understanding. Jesus told him he must be born again. That's where life begins for the child of God here on earth, being born again. It's the manifestation of being elected before the foundation of the world, elected in Christ. So when Jesus says, he that doeth truth, he's talking about those that walk in the way of Christ, those that hear the shepherd's voice and follow him. Isaiah defined the way this way in Isaiah 35, 8 and 9. He said, and a highway shall be there. This is for the children of God. This is for the church. A highway shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of holiness. In Christ Jesus is holiness. You and I, if we're a child of God, we have something in us that desires every day to be holy. It is Christ in us. Now, how to perform that? The Apostle Paul told us, I don't find a way to perform that. Because in my flesh dwells no good thing. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. That's what Christ is telling Nicodemus. In this way of holiness, Isaiah says the unclean shall not pass over it. It's not a place for the unclean, which means we must be washed. We must be washed and sanctified and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the blood that takes away our sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's what makes us whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And as Zechariah told us in 12.10, that fountain is always open for the child of God. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, 
the strangers and pilgrims on this earth. You know, what I love about the Word of God is for the child of God, it's always searching. There is a soberness to every word that's in this book because we know Jesus said they testify of Him. And if we miss the meaning on anything in here and we extrapolate it out of the Word and we conjure it some kind of idea in our head or some kind of doctrine or some kind of way, we're not in the way of Christ anymore. This way that Isaiah was revealed a long time ago is for wayfaring men, which means this world is not our resting place. We are pilgrims and strangers to it. And we're examined right there. Are we in that group? Are we part of the wayfaring people? whose clutches are not in this earth. Then when we see things going on, it, it doesn't consume us because Christ is reigning. Because Christ has everything in the palm of His hands. Because Christ holds tomorrow. Because Christ has testified to us that that's not life. It is for the wayfaring man. Though fools, I love the absolute truth of the Word of God. You won't get around that if you start to think all of a sudden, you start to get puffed up. Oh, my religious life I've lived. Oh, what I've done for God. Oh, the works that I do. Oh, look how good I am. Well, this way that the Lord has is for fools. You and I today, if we be in Christ, we must be fools for his sake. We must be shown that everything that we bring to Him is foolishness. That all of our rags are filthy rags. That all of our thoughts are tainted with sin. All of our deeds are tainted with sin. This way, the way in Christ, is for strangers and pilgrims that are foolish. And that's what this whole text is going to tell us today as we read up to the text this morning. Jesus describes something to Nicodemus about us, about those who walk after the Spirit, those who are born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus heard this for the first time. And it was very hard for him. And you and I may hear it for the hundredth time today. And it's still going to be hard for us. Because we cannot manufacture a way to get to Christ. Though fools, they shall not err therein. Though we have a nature that will be with us every day of our life here, because there is no progressive sanctification, there is no getting holier, there is no uh, place that we will arrive at where we are sinless. That is a lie. That is a lie of free will. That is a lie of the free will religion that dupes man into believing that there's something he can do and some way he can obey that he's getting better as the days go on. That as he's growing in the grace and knowledge of God, that there's a part of him getting better every day. That's not true. For a child of God, he has 
two warring armies in him. One that is 100% holy, that is without sin. That is the Lord Jesus Christ's seed. That is the mystery of the gospel in you, the hope of glory. That is Christ. That is the new nature. But there is a part of us that will never be reformed and never get better. That part is not the part that Isaiah is talking about. It is the part he describes as foolish. But the part where he says, uh, shall not err therein, that's us in Christ. Our flesh and old nature will never be in Christ. You'll see that. No lion, verse 9, shall be there. I think of the roaring lion there, waiting to deceive, coming to devour. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. That's the ravenousness of my flesh. When the Lord gives me the eyes of faith, I can see it on a daily basis, warring in these members. Warring to have its way. It's a ravenous beast and it's never fulfilled. It's never put down. It's never, it never loses its strength until Christ puts it under his feet. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. He shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. The redeemed, those in Christ who have been saved from their sin, washed their sins away, those that are complete in Christ Jesus shall walk in this way. Now that's just an introduction to get to, well, we're not at our text yet. We're going to back up to that very familiar verse. If we all opened our Bibles, we went out here in the world, we asked people, what do you know about John 3? Almost everyone can quote or tell you John 3, 16 is in the Bible. We go to look at sporting events, they're holding up signs. John 3, 16. People everywhere know John 3.16, but do they know it? Do they know it in the context that Jesus used it? That Jesus said it? For God so loved the world. Think about this. These are the words of Christ. Jesus is speaking about what the Father has done in love and faith. Love and faith. Two things that we have to have to live in Him. And where does this originate? In Christ himself. Listen to this. For God so loved the world. Now we don't need, all of us in here know what that world means. We know it's the world that he died for and not anymore. Simply put. The world of his elect. For God so loved that world. That he gave his only begotten son to that world. He gave his son. Why? Out of love for you and I so that you and I will love. We love him because he loved us first. That whosoever believeth in him. There's where faith comes from. The gift of the son. No place else. Nowhere else will you find that faith comes except from Christ and being in Christ. Faith is believing that he is 
Faith is believing that Christ has done it all. Faith is resting in Christ. Faith is, is apprehending what Christ said when he said it is finished. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the rest of this is to define who that whosoever is. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, will not perish, but have everlasting life. In 16, we have the gift of love in Christ that he sent his son and the gift that came out of the son, faith, to believe in him. Isn't that what Paul told us in Galatians 2.20? You know me, you knew I'd get that in there. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And then that terminology that is so foreign to quote unquote Christians today. Yet not I. You just don't hear it anymore. When you hear people talk about God, all they can talk about is what they've done for God. How good God has been to them. And that made them better in themselves how much better they've gotten because it's not about you. That's what Paul tells us in Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Therefore, I have died with him. And I've died to the world and I've died to self. And dying to self tells me that there's nothing good in me. That my heart is desperately wicked. It's deceitful above all things. Who could know that? I'll tell you who. The Lord Jesus Christ. He remembers our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He remembers the fall. He knows what we took place in. What we stood there in Adam and fell as he fell. We don't think about that often. About what we lost in the fall. About who we are because of the fall. Why this nature stays with us. Every day of our life. And the gloriousness of the second Adam. The gloriousness of Christ to save us from that fall. To reestablish us in him. To give us back even more than we ever lost in Christ Jesus. Yet not I. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh as I walk on this earth, Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's what John 3, 16 says. Whosoever believeth in him, that's the faith of the Son of God. Why? Because God sent his Son. His Son has all the gifts for the children. They're found in Christ. They're ours by imputation. They're ours by gift. They're ours by sovereign grace. No other reason. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who what? Who loved me 
and gave himself for me. That's what Jesus just said. I was sent of the Father to die for my people, to give them everlasting life. And in that, they will believe in me. It's secure. He is my surety. Because of his faith, I will believe in him. I have had a faithless weekend. It has been not so good. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Sometimes when things are going bad and fear is present and all, everything else and all you see and all you do is not believe, the Lord suffers you to look to, to go that way. So when he comes, when he comes like this, when he comes and shows faith, when he comes and gives you faith to apprehend him, you know it wasn't found in you. You know you couldn't muster it on your best day. In your best mood. In your best feeling. In the best situation that providence could possibly bring you into. It's all of him. And in that gift of love and faith that comes out of 16, I want you to listen to these words now that Jesus says. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Has he said that to you? He said it to me. He said it to me about 20 minutes ago. You're not condemned. You have left me. You have walked away from me. You have not believed in me. Lord, how can I? How can I? Yet not I. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. No condemnation, but salvation in Christ. Remember, he that doeth truth. That's where we're headed. Christ is speaking of the one who does truth, who walks in the way of Christ, and there's no condemnation for He that believeth on him is not condemned. That's what we just heard from Paul. The faith of the Son of God. Being exercised in the faith of Christ and living by the faith of Christ, there is no condemnation. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Do you ever feel condemned? I hope so. Because that tells me you have a struggle. Because there is a part of you that is condemned. And that's your flesh. And that warfare is real. And that warfare 
that that battle sometimes makes you run and hide. If you very well could hide from the Lord. Jonah tried it. I don't want no part of this. We've all tried it. I've tried it many times. If I just immerse myself in something else, if I just go on with life, sooner or later I'll feel life again. Sooner or later he'll come. Then presumption comes. Presumption is, oh, Lord, you're going to be there. And the Lord's not there. But the reality is, there is a way that the child of God must walk. And Christ is that way. And Christ must wean us from this world. He must conform us to his image. He must be our all in all. Over any relationship, over any false gods that we set up in our lives. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Now we understand this. It's a sober talk to talk to you about those outside of Christ being in condemnation and they will never be saved from it. They are condemned to hell. They are condemned to death. They are condemned to eternal damnation. No sugarcoating that. That is the life of a goat. But what is couched in the word? What is the Lord teaching Nicodemus? He already told us, as I said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Nicodemus, too, will go in his life. and He's going to have a warfare. He's going to want to do those things that he used to do. He's going to be suffered to even do those things at times. And why is it important for the Lord to reveal to him that there's no condemnation for that which is born again? None. You and I need to hear the shepherd's voice that there's no condemnation. That's the light that he brings us to. That's the light that he shows us that there's no condemnation in Christ. And as we're in that way and we're brought in that way to see that. He reveals to us who brought us there. Whose deeds made us righteous. Who wrapped us in his righteousness. Who Performed all things for me. Who did this for me? Who fought for me? Who carried me? Who became my life? When I couldn't. And I wouldn't. He that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of One way. That's it. Faith. Faith for the child of God is the victory. He is the author and finisher of that faith. Let's let's turn over to 
just in your Bible here, turn over to John 6 with me. We're going we're gonna to be in John a little bit today. But look over here in John 6. Now we know, we know what happens here in John 6. The Lord speaking to them about his work and what he's done and he is the bread of life and and this miraculous thing he says and said we'll pick up in 65 he said therefore said i unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father now that's a mouthful many people had gathered in throngs of people just to follow christ and to see the miracles and to partake in his ministry. They followed him wherever he went. They just ate of the loaves. They just were fed. They saw and they witnessed the, the argument, if you will, between the religionist and Jesus. And they witnessed Jesus say, I am that man. I am the one that gives life. I life. I am nourishment. There is nothing outside of me. There is no life outside of me. And he says this, Therefore I say unto you, No man can come to me for this life. No man, except it were given unto him of my Father, who elected him before the foundation of the world. And there's no misprint. This is what happens every time. It's happened in our conversations with those when we talk about election. It happens every day with the religionist. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. It's too hard. I can't believe that Christ is life. I have to have something to contribute to salvation. I have to. Otherwise, I'm just a robot. Otherwise, I'm nothing. I mean, yeah, that's right. You are nothing. That's what the Lord tells us. We're nothing without Him. We can do nothing without Him. He is life. He is the way. He is the truth. It doesn't become a noun anymore. It becomes a person. The person of Christ. He becomes life. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? And then faith comes and Peter answered him, Lord, in a very honest way. That's what faith is. It's honesty and truth. Faith testifies of Jesus Christ. And that's what he testifies of. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else? Who else is there to go to? You have the words of eternal life. He didn't say you're the most popular person here. You're what everybody else is doing. You're the right way. He said, you're eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Something convinced Peter of that. The faith of the Son of God. He couldn't have said it without it. And we believe. But Peter, you know, he talks for all 12. Unbeknownst to him, one of them is a devil. And he says to Jesus, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. 
something made Peter to differ than Judas. It was a gift. It was a gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was election of the Father. It was the life of Christ in Christ. Peter thought he could could speak for all 12 because all 12 looked the same. They did the same. They walked in the same direction. They cast out devils. They preached in His name. They healed the sick. But Jesus told them one of you is a devil. One of you is a devil. And all of those things we can mimic. All of those things lie in our flesh. Faith lies in our flesh. Love lies in our flesh. Belief lies in our flesh. Believe in what? Every time faith, true faith is present in your life, it leads back to our text. It leads to doing truth comes to the life that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. That's where true faith comes. It comes back to Christ that he did it. And that's the voice of the sheep. You did it, shepherd. You did it. You are where life is. Not me. Paul wrote, and we know, you've probably already thought of this verse a hundred times since I've been up here, Romans 8.1. That was right after he said, O wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this death? Who can? And then the Lord sends faith to Paul to say, I can. Oh, I thank my Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Romans 8, 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. But there's qualifying words. Yes, we're in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's something in you that's always going to walk after the flesh. It is the flesh. There is condemnation for that. Praise God. Praise God. Because you know what? If we didn't believe that, and we didn't know that as a gospel truth, we would be spending our entire days trying to reform ourselves. Oh, maybe some of us do. Maybe we do. Maybe that's what we try to do every day. Try to be somebody. Try to be Christ. The reality is Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Christ is the light. Christ is that way. We have to be convinced that there is a dead part to us. I guess it's alive because it walks to death every day of its life. It walks to condemnation. It walks to hell. It's trying to do the deeds of the flesh. I don't want no part of that part. I find myself crying out to the Lord to mortify, to mortify, to mortify. Because every day He reveals these hands He reveals these feet. He reveals this head of mine that runs to mischief. 
that does the deeds of the flesh, that needs to be cleansed, that needs to be washed, that needs to be mortified, beat back, killed down, put away, so that Christ shines, Christ lives, Christ works, Christ is glorified, Christ, Christ's name is exalted. Then back to our text in 19. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And now we have this word represented as light. This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Light has come into the world. That light is what reveals to us what is his work. And what is our work? That light is what's in our text today that we're brought to the light. The light is Christ. You know where we're going, just a couple pages back this time to John 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now we know that defines the Lord Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. That's it, dear ones. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. You and I, if we have light in us, it's because he is the life in us. His life is the light of men. And the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. That old nature in you will never comprehend Christ. It'll never comprehend light. Thus the struggle. But Christ has won the war. We have That's what today is. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because he's won the war. He came to save his people. Love and faith to believe it. That's what he imparts in us to live. That's what he lifts us out of the mire with himself. That's what he sets us on, the rock that is Christ. And we have all these hundreds of metaphors in the word of God. All of these types and pictures and symbols that point to Christ over and over and over again. Why do you think they don't point anywhere else? Because these scriptures testify it. Look at verse 11. He came into his own and his own received him not. Because darkness cannot comprehend light. And what he's going to tell us in a couple of verses is your bloodlines aren't going to matter. I love verse 12. But as many as received him. Oh, I tell you what. There's days I do not feel like a receiving vessel. I just feel like there's no way I can receive him. Not the way I am. Not the way I look. Not the way, not the way he must see me. But that's not what the text says. It doesn't stop there. He says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. Oh, that's how. That's how I become a receiving vessel. 
He gives me power to put down my pride. He gives me power to put down my flesh. He gives me power to put down and put away the old man. That's how. He gives me power to see him, the light, and to receive him. That's all of him. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. We don't become the sons of God on our own. He gives you power, Nicodemus, to believe it. He gives you power, Nicodemus, to walk in that way. He gives you power, Nicodemus, not to be condemned and to know it and to live in that no condemnation where he is. It's where Christ is only. And if you are feeling condemned and you are in that place where you are condemned, you're not there where Christ is. You're in your flesh. Because if these scriptures are true, which I believe they are and would bet my life on it. Christ is no condemnation. Christ is light. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name and there's faith. Faith comes from the power. Faith comes from Christ. Then in case we just start to slip back into that again, he tells us which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. You hear that? Your flesh will never will it. And if it does, it'll will it to your destruction. And those are your religionists all outside of Christ whose will believes that whatever they do they're doing for God and getting holier every minute they're doing it. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this theme goes all the way through, John. Why? Because Christ is the centerpiece. Christ is life. Christ is light. Jesus said in John 7, 7, The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Christ testifies of this world that its deeds are evil. And Christ testifies to you and I today that our old nature and our old man is evil. Has he testified that? Is that the reality to you today? Or to somehow in some kind of religious experience, the fact that you have two natures, you've meshed them into one and you've become one being that you can you can live any way to Christ you want to. You don't have to worry about that old nature anymore because it's up to you. It's your obedience. It's your walking in the way. It's your. That's where condemnation is. You know why? Because you ain't going to be able to do it. For everyone that doeth evil, back to our text, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deed should be reproved. That's what Jesus said. I've come to show the evil. May the Lord reveal to us what is evil in us. May he reveal to us what is pure and light and truth and the way. 
is now we come to our text. After saying all of that to Nicodemus, at the end, remember, this was all about being born again. This is all about the flesh and the spirit. This is all about what life truly is, Nicodemus. He says these words. But, that's grace. He that doeth truth, he comes to the light. He comes to the light. He that does truth has something in him that brings him to the light. He brought me to his banqueting table. His banner over me was love. It was love that brought me there. We already heard what Paul said. I live by the faith of the Son of God that brings me to the light. What brings you? For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Jesus said this in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That is walking in the truth. That is doing truth. See, I mean, so many come to these passages and they look, oh, I got to run. I got to do truth. I got to make sure I don't do evil and I've got to do truth. And you've lost. You've lost. If you just took the mantle from the Lord Jesus Christ, who does everything for his sheep, and you took it off of him and you put it on yourself and you said, all right, Lord, this is what I have to do to be in you. Does that make any sense? This is what I must do to receive your power. Does that make any sense? For everyone that doeth, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Comes to the light. The light that is in Christ. That's what he just said in 524. He's passed from death unto life. In John 8, 51, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. This is doing truth. This is being kept in the way. He that does my sayings. I say, gosh, what a, what a huge, insurmountable object, uh, obstacle. How can I do Christ's sayings? See how we fall right back in? Now there's condemnation. But in Christ, in the mind of Christ, this is what Christ has done. I have walked this way, therefore you will walk this way. I have loved, therefore you will love. I am faith, therefore you will have faith. <coughs> it's why he says shall so many times in the word of God. He shall do it. Faithful is he that calleth him who will do it. In John 15, 16, Jesus said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. I ordained you. I chose you. I elected you. I, I am life for you. I ordained you. Do we get that? Is that, is that in this now? I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. How does it remain? 
It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. That's union. That's being in Christ. That's Christ performing all things for us. That's Christ being the channel that we receive everything from the Father from. That's Christ our intercessor. That's Christ our mediator. That's Christ our Joseph. But yes, our deeds are made manifest. That they are wrought in God. You know, that's the mystery of godliness, isn't it? If you ever, if the Lord ever brings you to his feet. And he shows you that your entire conversation has changed. Where you once said I. And now you say yet not I. That's his way. That's his sanctification. That's his growing you in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Because to know Christ is to know what he has done. What he is doing and what he will do. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 26, 12. Lord, thou will ordain peace for us. For thou also has wrought all of our works in us. You brought all of your works in us. Yes. That's what he's done. Last place we'll go. Very familiar. Ephesians 2. Go here a lot. Today I'm going to back up a little bit. Instead of starting at 8, we'll just start at 5. 5, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. It's all about him. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. That's our union being revealed to us that we were once dead in trespasses and sins. That's where condemnation was. Now we have no condemnation because Christ has taken those sins away. Does that make us holy? And does that make us uh, sinless here in this life? No. No. Does that mean that we won't walk a certain way? No. The flesh still has not gotten any better. Hadn't been reformed at all. What's been shown to us is now we've been saved from it. We now have life in Christ. We have Christ living in us, the hope of glory. And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what I just described to you. That's where we are in this mind. To have the mind of Christ is to be in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. There's no works of the flesh. There's no sin. There's no, this is where Christ is in heaven. Where none of that is. There's no pain. There's no sin. There's nothing. There's no old nature. This new nature, this Christ in us, reveals to us that's what we have. Now in part. In part. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the times and the ages to come 
he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. See, you were dead. Now you're alive. Guess what? You're going to need a lot more times Christ comes. You're going to need a lot more manifestations of his grace. You're going to need a lot more times he comes and takes you away from the walking that you were walking and sets you back in the way and shows you this is the way of life. You're going to need those. You're going to need that in the time to come. It will take place. It will. Because he tells us why. For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace, through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Why make that such a bold proclamation? Why? He tells us, not of works, lest any man should boast. We know them, don't we? We know the boasters. We hear them. We hear them every day. This is what I do. Oh, I got this. I've done that. I've done that. Where? Where is your power come from? And if it comes from you, that's your work. It will perish. It will perish. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He's done it all. God ordained that we should walk in his work. There's no other way of walking. That's what our text said this morning. That he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And I leave you in prayer with the words of the psalmist. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Lord, sanctify this message. Move the dross. Bring thy people to thy feet. They may hear thy voice. Enable us each day to walk in the way of thy truth. And teach us this day, Lord, that thou art all truth. For this I ask in Jesus' name.